This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I am back to being Jeff Nowak. Steve Geller is back to the land of the living. It's a joke. People get it. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to get back into this. This is kind of a look back slash look ahead podcast going into week 10. Uh, and, and I did. I think it's important to ask this question. Should Saints fans be happy right now? And I don't think it should be that complicated. But it is because the Saints are on a two-game winning streak. They beat the Colts. They beat the Bears. They're 5-4 and four and in first place in the NFC South for the first time since the 2020 season. This time last year, they were 3-9. and nine. <laughs> Last year, it took them until week 15 to win their fifth game. That, that's crazy, but it's true. Last year, they had, I think, 14 takeaways total. This year, they are tied for first in the NFL with 18. That, to me, is unreal for sure. That's the hugest turnaround for me that's so impressive. Right. You have three wide receivers that you feel like you have a ton of confidence in. You have a quarterback that I know there's there's highs and lows there. Not everyone loves them and whatever, but you feel like there's a higher floor there than you had last year with Andy Dalton or that you had the year before that with Trevor Simeon or whatever, right? So you should feel like reasonably confident. You just had three 300-yard games in a row that hasn't happened since 2015. You know, you put up 35 points on the on the 34 points on the Patriots, you put up 35 38 points on the Colts. You should have put up more uh, this week. You know, like there's a lot to look at and be like, "Okay. You know, this is a winning team." But when I I hear all of the reaction and maybe this is just the people I'm exposed to, maybe this isn't as wide-reaching as as it seems to me because the angry people are louder than the people who are just like, I'm just happy to watch a winning football team. but and, and that's what the Saints are right now. They're over 500. They're a winning football team. But like all I hear is like, it's like, oh, yeah, we won, but we didn't win by enough. So this team sucks. And it's just like, that's really? That's, that's 
Don't you watch football to have a good time? Isn't winning fun for you? Like, go look around the NFL. Look at all the teams. Tell me that there aren't a whole lot of teams in worse shape than the Saints right now. And, like, you'll hear people say, well, they sacrificed the opportunity to be good for 15 years to make the playoffs this year. What does that even mean? You, you sacrifice the opportunity to be the Panthers right now? Would you, You'd be happier with one and seven, right? There are only two teams in the NFC right now with more than five wins. It's the 49ers at six and three and the Eagles at eight and one. So should every other team in the NFC be feeling like, oh, we suck? Yeah, the, the those glor- the glorious 49ers that everyone's touted is you know the same no no they're 5 and 3 Saints are 5 and 4 so similar records but yeah you know what i mean there i mean are they uh, Who's the other 6 and th- uh Detroit other- 6 and 2 Uh yeah yeah, yeah just right you're right i'm sorry Detroit either well, y- y- again and and that's a team that got blown out by the Ravens a couple weeks ago like i this don't has know. been a weird year in the NFL i think overall i think um I'm sure Dennis Allen's talked about it, or maybe somebody mentioned the fact that scoring is way down this season. It, and you're just seeing a lot of weird things happen in games, too. I mean, I don't think anyone expected the Buffalo Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints have the same record right now. I mean, yeah. to me, that's wild. Well, I mean, let's go through it. Let's go through it. Okay. So, Bucks, three and five. Falcons, four and five. Saints, five and four. Packers, three and five. Vikings, five and four, which is pretty crazy in its own right. Uh, Lions, six and two. Right. Cardinals one and eight, Rams three and six, Seahawks five and three, 49ers five and three, Giants two and seven, Commanders four and five, Cowboys five and three, Eagles eight and one. You go over to the AFC, and there's a few more top heavy teams in the AFC than the NFC. So you got the Dolphins six and three, Chiefs seven and two, Ravens seven and two. Everyone in the AFC North is over 500, which is pretty crazy. Everyone in the AFC North has a better record than everyone in the AFC South or NFC South. It's kind of weird because all three teams are five and three, although the Steelers are frauds. Jaguars six and two, and then four, four and four Texans, four and five Colts, three and five Titans. So I mean, like, yeah, you could be the Texans right now, but you could also be the Panthers, right? There are no guarantees. And all I know is this team is capable of winning. And I guess I just get frustrated because there seems to be a much bigger investment in being right than in than just supporting a team. And it should not be that way. Like you can say, yeah, I don't think this team is that good. And I don't like, I don't like, I might not necessarily like the decisions, but you, you still, you can't just go and enjoy a team that's, that's winning games. Like that's, that's not about the team. That's about you. And I just think when, when people are sitting there saying like, Oh, they didn't win by enough, blah, blah, blah. It's because they want this team to be bad enough that everyone gets fired. And I don't know. Is that why you watch sports? for people to lose their jobs right is it if things haven't been that bad where you're like please get rid get dennis allen out of here he's killing the organization exactly i don't know how big it is but there is a subset right and it's probably a lot of the people i hear from because they, they have an agenda and they're loud that were like well the saints are not bad enough right now to fire the coach and so i'm mad about that <laughs> and i'm gonna i'm going to veil that in criticism of we only beat another NFL team by seven points. And that's a problem. And like, yeah, sure. You should have put up more points, but you also just beat an NFL team by seven points. You scored 24. It's not like you went out there and won seven to nothing. You scored 24 points. The defense let up more points than you wanted. They still held the other team to 17. I, 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to come off as preachy here. I'm just like, I'm tired of answering the same questions of like, like why, why is it impossible for people to get behind this team? Uh, for whatever reason, there's some folks that they have that in their mind that Dennis Allen is a failure. Pete Carmichael Jr. is the wrong guy calling the shots. He's not aggressive enough. And for whatever reason, yeah, this, the Saints, they, they overspent on Derek Carr. He's a waste of money. Uh, but to me, I always laugh. It's like, we're, did, did you spend anything on him kind of thing? You know, this is coming out of your pocket. I yeah. get it. it affects the team in the long run with, you know, salary cap, blah, 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 blah. But overall, um, yeah, to me, five and four, you should be happy right now. Obviously, winning record, like you mentioned, above 500. You're atop the NFC South. And it's been a, a, a wackadoo year. You mentioned, like you said, too, it's like the Eagles and Detroit Lions are the only teams over six wins right now. So what what more do you want? I, I do understand the fans' frustrations at times, especially you just came away from a game with five takeaways. Yeah. You only, I understand. But, but, over, but overall, yeah, you, the spirits and the outlook should be a lot more happier than they, they are instead of everybody being – uh, black and gold gloomy. I definitely don't like that. You know, um, I didn't feel like the victory black and gloomy. was celebrated as much. Black and gloomy. I like it. Um, <laughs> Dark and gloomy, black and gloomy, everything, right? Black and gold doomy. <laughs> black and gold doom. It's just, it, it, it's frustrating because, I mean, I'm just out here covering the team. I'm just kind of following it every day and, and, and relaying information back. And it's like a lot of stuff I, I share gets it's like immediately gets co-opted into one agenda or another, whether it's an anti-Derek Carr agenda or a pro-Derek Carr agenda or a anti-DA agenda or whatever. And it's like, this is just information, guys. This is a football team that you tell me you're a fan of. So I'm sharing information that you should be interested in. And it's immediately, immediately co-opted. And it's like the goalposts move. That's what dr- drives me nuts the most is like, oh, okay, so now – now winning 10 games and getting to the playoffs isn't like before it was impossible before it couldn't happen. Right. Before it was like Dennis Allen's a losing head coach. He'll always be a losing head coach. His team's never going to get to the playoffs. His team's never going to win anything meaningful. Now that they're in first place in the NFC South, what I'm hearing is, Oh, they're going to win 10 games because of an easy schedule. And then they're going to lose in the first round. And that's not worth it to me. Like, right. If what's the point of being a fan of a team, if you can't get behind a playoff team and hope for the best. I don't know why everyone's so cranky. It's so weird. It really is. is it, you, you lost Drew and Sean, so now I all think, hope is gone? I think there's this idea that anything new is better, and it's not true. No, definitely not true. Like, you look at, look around the NFL and all the failed coaches. <laughs> look at the Raiders. Um <laughs> And know. yeah, poor and poor DA when he gets blumped in with oh look at his past record, look where he was for crying out loud. Yeah, right. The Raiders haven't gotten any like basically any better since he was there. No. I mean, like, what have the Raiders done since 2014? I think they made the playoffs twice <laughs> with Derek Carr. But yeah, I, I don't know. And and I just like I have a good time watching this team win. I don't but it's like I I I feel like just having a fun time watching the Saints play is greeted with with resentment. And it's so I, – I, I don't know. Maybe I'm you're, overreacting. You're just a homer, and you get paid by the Saints. I, I wish. I know. I wish I got paid by the Saints, too. Yeah. That would be nice. I don't get anything out of this. No, that's definitely – I think a lot of perception <laughs> is that we're just like 
these cheerleaders for the team that's trying to sell fans on why they should be supportive sometimes. And yeah, I, I understand what you're, you're the frustration there because it's like, yeah, as a fan, you're supposed to have this unbridled, blind faith in your squad. And it just seems, I don't know, black and gold folks have gotten too spoiled, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't necessarily need that. Like, you can be critical. People can be critical. But when and, they do well, you should be happy. Yeah, it just seems like there's a big percentage of, of the fan base right now. And maybe it's not true. Again, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it's just the people I deal with. But it seems like there's a big... Too much time on social media with all the trolls. Yeah, and it's bad. I should just get off social media entirely. But, you know, it's like... Part of me feels like this team can go out, win 10 games, make the playoffs, host a playoff game, and it would just be... It would just be complaints the whole way. And, like, part of what the fun... Part of what's fun about sports, part of what makes sports such a great thing is that it's a community where you're all pulling in the same direction. And, you know, you don't have any control over what happens on the field, but you care about it and you're invested in it. And right now it just feels like there's more of an investment in being right than having a good time. And I watch sports to have a good time. I don't know about you. I don't watch sports to make political points or tell people they suck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, like, I, I, I watch sports because it's fun for me. And football doesn't feel fun right now. It feels like I'm constantly on the, uh, on the defensive. Right. Trying yeah, to, I trying totally to agree. Avoid, right. You know, and I don't know. Uh, and, like, I, I feel like I'm pretty critical of this team when it deserves it. Right? Like, I'm not going to – I don't know. Like, I told, I told you all, like, Pete Carmichael should lose his job a couple weeks ago. They didn't do it. What am I supposed to do? Not watch the games? It, it definitely the the perception or negativity keeps piling on, and yeah, I thought a two game win streak would definitely quell some of the the naysayers. But I, I will say I haven't heard anybody calling for for Carmichael's job this week at least. Well, that's the thing. That's what's so annoying. Is like <laughs> at least be consistent. <laughs> like the goalposts move. Now it's Dennis Allen again, right? Like now we're back to that, right? Um, and you know, if they go out to Minnesota and lose this week, it'll be, you know, who knows what it'll be. It'll probably be back to Pete Carmichael at a certain point. You'd like to think that people could just drop the, the, the agenda part of it and just get on board with a team that's winning a couple football games and is headed in the right direction. And, and, and again, I hope that's the case for a good, I'm sure that is the case for a lot of people. Like I've seen comments. Where, where people are like, oh, no, you, you don't, you're not really a fan if you're just okay with this and this. And it's like, you're only a real fan if, if you're invested in the long term and, and you want this to go this way so that everyone loses their jobs. And I'm like, like, I think you don't understand that a lot of people just watch these games because they want to have fun <laughs> and they want to enjoy themselves. Um, I forget what that was like. It'd be interesting to see really if the majority of fandom is like that right now, but it it feels like it. And that might be unfair because of like I was saying, the social media trolls that you kind of surround yourself with. But I mean, there's a, there's a definitely a, a, a large facet of folks that five and four right now, they still say this saints team sucks. And that's, that's not fair at all. And I would respond to that by saying then one, two, three, <laughs> Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, 
10, 11, 12. Uh, There's a 13, lot of sucky 14, teams. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, uh, 22, 23, 20, 25 NFL teams suck right now because they don't have more than five wins. You know what, Dolphins, we, we mentioned the six-win teams. Obviously, Dolphins, one of them. I, I know a lot of folks, I don't know if fans are, but there are analysts already calling them frauds because they only beat losing teams. Fair. You know, like, the, <laughs> like you know, it's funny, like, Brian Dable was, like, the darling last year with the Giants, and now it's like, oh, what's he doing wrong? You know, like, he's starting Danny DeVito at quarterback. <laughs> what a choice. No, exactly. Uh, can't believe he went that route. Uh, anyway, so with all that in mind, let's bitch about the Saints for a second. Um, right. <laughs> now we get so to like, complain. <laughs> yeah. With all that in mind, after that long rant about complaints, let's come up with our biggest complaint. Like, when you look at this roster, yeah. what is the biggest issue that you think has to be fixed? Not yeah, There's a lot of issues. Every team has problems. You got to fix it. You know, the run game has to be better. This, that, that has to be better. But there's got there's always one thing that rides like the the mission critical thing that you see that needs to be fixed for this team to get where it needs to go. Coming out flat, slow, whatever you want to call it to start games. It, it's 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 gotten old. Uh, don't like watching it. Gets frustrating. I don't want to start biting my nails. Going, what's going to happen after the halftime? I would like to see. Uh, the team come out fully prepped and ready for once. It just doesn't feel like whatever whatever does click after the half. I don't know why I can't start in the beginning of the games, but especially now this run of more of your divisional opponents, uh, the divisional opponents, and the rest is all NFC. So these last this last stretch of games, if you want to call it that, are are so are so key and vital to making the playoffs. That this, that, but and and those slow starts, it's gonna come and bite you in the ass eventually. We've seen it done it done in games before, uh, before this two game win streak. Before we were streaking, it wasn't so glorious. And yeah, I, that's one thing. It's like you got to keep putting them together. Obviously, stringing the W's. And this week in Minnesota, it's gonna be key, especially against those damn Vikings who are always a pain in the rear for the Saints. Come out in Minnesota right off the get in a dome stadium and set the tone against them. They're not a team either that's got their starting quarterback. Once again, you're going to be dealing with a backup. Might be an intelligent, hella smart backup, but still a backup. <laughs> he is hella smart. <laughs> no, and I agree. You know, it's funny because, like, we just spent all that time kind of critiquing the the unreasonable <laughs> the unreasonable complaints about this team. And it, But, it, like, you know, one that I think is very fair, and it's like if you're telling me this, then I'm like, yeah, you're you're on on point. Is this is an easy schedule, and the same, and somehow it's only gotten easier with the you know Josh Dobbs and Tyson Bagent and uh, Gardner Minshew. You know, I, I mean Taylor Heineke. Like I like I said, I think they're actually better with Taylor Heineke, but uh, not with Tommy DeVito. With the Giants is going to be week 15, probably. Maybe Tyrod Taylor's back. Either way, you can get Another that backup, done. Right. Um, and so, like, one of the luxuries you have at this point is you can have those slow starts and it doesn't burn you in the end because you're able to figure it out. And Tyson Bajan isn't good enough to, to make it hurt in the end. Seemed like he might early on, but he felt, I mean, turn the ball. I mean, they turned the ball over five times. Like, they didn't get they didn't cross midfield in the fourth quarter of that game. So, 
you know, it's yeah, he, he clearly did not have the juice to finish that. He started well, not finished. But that, you know, that's not always going to be the case, right? You are eventually going to find a quarterback who started the season. They, you know, Jared Goff and the Lions is going to be yes, the first one you face in a while. And you're going to you, you're not going to beat the Lions if you spot them 14 points. Right. Um. So so I agree with that. I agree with that. My other my mine. It's tough. There's, there's, there's a lot of problems, you know, like you could say kicker place kicker. I think I, I don't think that's the biggest issue. I think it's an issue, but I think it's it's one that you can figure out and live with. Punter, I, I feel like you're you're getting closer to league average. You know, like you've seen as long as you protect Lou, you're fine. I don't want to put him in a ton of situations where he's constantly kicking from the shadow of his own goalpost. And if I do that, it's on me. Right. So it's not on me. It's on them. But you get it. It's not on him. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you can blame me. It's my fault. Uh, you, the more the more reasonable person to blame would be Darren Rizzi because he put Lou in that situation. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what's funny? This is just a note because we're talking about Lou Headley right now. I went and looked. And so Blake Gillikin's out there in Arizona. He's averaging 51 yards a punt. And everyone's like, oh, my God. He's averaging 51 yards a punt. And we got Lou Headley. He's like hitting these little dribblers. You know what Blake's net punting averages? What is it? 39.7. Wow. You know what Lou Headley's net punting averages? Go ahead. What is it? 39.7. Oh, okay. Wow. Exact same. <laughs> so I thought, it was, it, I thought it was going to be higher. Unfortunately, not. Yeah. But but it's just funny to me because like there's people who would seem to... It's like you would feel better about it if he kicked it 60 yards and they returned it 12 yards. Just because it looked prettier and hung up. Because it looked cool. Because it went so far. But... If he only if he kicks it forty eight yards and they don't return it, somehow that's not as good. I would argue that it's better because if they return it twelve yards, there's a chance they return it more. And then you, you could say, okay, well your 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 situation there only allows for the idea that they return it and not that they don't return it twelve yards. Which fair, you got me. But at the same time it's really hard to kick the ball that far and cover. You've heard the turn out, kicked your coverage, right? Happens. You know, it's a thing. Uh, and so like, I don't know. It's just funny to me that like, I, I feel like people, just the perception of it, if someone watched a 60 yard punt that was returned 12 yards and then watched a 48 yard punt that didn't get a return at all, which is literally what happened in this last game, that they would take the 60 yard punt over the 48 yard punt. But it's the exact same. Yeah. I don't know. I just find it funny. And like, like, like I said, Lou Headley, Blake Gilligan, <laughs> literally the exact same night punting yardage. Um, That's so odd. It is odd. It is odd. But I, I like it's, I think Blake's out there just trying to prove himself. So he's hitting these like low liners, like, like little <laughs> worm burner drives. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I remember uh, for, the, for a while, it was like his first punt was always like the shaky one. And I feel like that's, that's, better, that's continued. That actually has oh, continued. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. It, it, what, the first punt of the game, because he did that against the, you know, the the Colts. Um, you know, his first punt of the game was like it was inside the twenty, which I think it's like inside the twenty is such a lame stat. You should give me inside the ten, right. First of all, but inside the twenty, but it was like the eighteen, and he it was like a thirty-two yard punt, and I was like, that's not good. It's inside the twenty, but it's still not you know ideal. That said, he had a kick inside the he had a kick at the nine. He had one down to the three. In this last game, he had two inside the ten, one at the two. So, like, those are the real ones. Yeah, but, like, the first kick of the game has been tough uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. He just needs to get into it. He also Kinda had that goes kick. goes into the almost... team with the, with the slow starts. It's like, like how, how do we flip that? 
he almost had that kick that was blocked, or he almost he had a kick that was almost blocked in this game. And so someone was like, "Oh, he almost ran into a block." And was like, "Well, we're holding almost blocked against the punter now. Like, what is this? What are we really complaining about here?" Anything to bitch about for sure. Yeah, it's like yeah, you're looking for anything, but you know, and and, and I don't need to. We've been on this forever, and I talked a lot about it in the first segment, and um, I think one thing that has to be fixed on this team, and Dennis Allen is aware of it. Because he talked about it, and I talked about it, and I think they are going to work on it, is rush lanes. Rush lanes. It sounds so simple, but God, like they're leaving these gaping holes every week. Like Trevor, like you would think, okay, Trevor Lawrence took advantage of us in this way. We saw it happen. It was blatant what we did wrong, and we've got to fix it. Well, three weeks later, you're doing the same shit, and you're just... You know, and 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 that's why DA is fed up because he's he, this is something they have talked about every week, and it's still happening. And so that's on Todd Grantham, that's on the players, it's on the coaches. You got to be better because it is very much four guys, sometimes five, trying to just all rush the quarterback and all get a sack, and no one is stopping to consider: Well, is this the right way to rush the quarterback, or should you know should should I maintain my leverage here because that guy just went outside? And, you know, I, I asked I asked Tano about this earlier in the season, Tano Passigno, about, like, do you guys have, like, plays on the defensive line? Do you say, okay, I'm going to do this, so you do that? And he said, no, not really. And I think that's that's pretty normal is you're not necessarily – like, sometimes you'll be like, okay, running a stunt here, we're doing this. But when you're just rushing, it's not like, okay, you're doing the spin move and I'm doing a bull rush. It's it's kind of It's kind of like a read and react thing. And I, th- I think that's that's why it's so difficult to fix because it's not like you can just call different like rushes for that's that's an oversimplification, but you know what I you know what I'm saying like so much of it is in the moment reacting to what's happening and winning, and so but it can't be win at all costs. It can't be I'm going to rush however I have to to get by this guy because when you do that, unless you're an end or they're in like third and 20, you're leaving these gigantic holes. And on the Saints in particular, where you play a lot of man coverage, the defensive backs are running upfield with their backs turned and they're not going to be in position to come down and make a tackle. And that's what happened on that third and 12 play. That's what happened on that second and 10 play where Tyson Bajant ran for 20 yards. That's what happened against Trevor Lawrence time after time after time. And, you know, you're going to get to a point where, yeah, you make the playoffs, right? Like you, you do what you need to do and you get into the playoffs. Well, what, what, what kind of quarterbacks do you think you're going to find in the playoffs? You're going to find quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence, right? You're going to find, you're going to find Lamar Jackson. You're going to find a Justin Fields. And if you are continuing to rush the passer, not just, I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. I will will say at least, I think Rod Walker put it out. If the playoffs started today, this, yeah, it would be Gino, right? (laughs) You know who can actually run? Jim Smith. Very true. Uh, Very true. So, like, like you're not gonna. There's no such thing as these statuesque quarterbacks anymore. Only the Saints have that. <laughs> so, like, to me, that's that's mission critical, and it might not feel mission critical right now because you're 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 not facing the top end quarterbacks. But this is where you have to figure that out because if you are still making these mistakes when you get to those matchups, I mean, you're going to be an underdog if you face the Eagles either way. You are not going to have a chance in hell. If you're letting Jalen Hurts rush for 100 yards. So that's it. That's mine. Tush push or not, right? Tush push. Tush push. Who that, baby? Yeah. uh, No, just getting ready for, you know, putting that game behind us and trying to 
get that third straight W going into the bye week, I think would change a lot of that negative perception. It's hard to be, you know, the dark cloud raining on you when you're on a three game win streak going into the bye. I hope so. <laughs> I, I wonder though. I don't, I don't, I kind of don't feel like it. Like I feel like if they, they're going to go out to Minnesota and you know, they, maybe they Minnesota, they win by, they Minnesota? win by five, right? <laughs> uh, whatever. And they go into the bottom like, ah, oh, why are you doing you only, you only beat them by five and you face Josh Dobbs. And- when we come back, we got to go to Atlanta. We got to lose in Atlanta. It's terrible. Atlanta is terrible. Man, I'm 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 seeing all of the stuff on social media about the usage of Bijan Robinson. It's making me laugh. Yeah, 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 right. Arthur Smith's out there shaving his mustache and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that I mean, I'm definitely looking forward every year that matchup. Obviously, the Falcons. We all joke they're not really a rival. You got to win more in the series to be rivals. But the the moves they made this year, obviously bringing Ryan Nielsen and then him attracting some former Saints over there, have definitely heightened things a bit. Four and five, baby. That's the, that's Atlanta. That's Keep burying them. Keep burying the birds. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us here on this super upbeat episode of Inside Black and Gold. <laughs> Thanks for good. allowing me to bitch at you for uh, however long that took. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller WWL, the show at Saints underscore pod if you haven't subscribed yet. Please do that. Uh, follow us on YouTube at WWL Sports. And wherever you get your podcasts, hit the subscribe button. Rate and review. Do all that stuff. Go Saints. Who dat? Fun stuff. Woohoo. Be miserable curmudgeons with us. That's a good word. I like <laughs> I'm I am very curmudgeonly. That is true. In every other aspect of my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Be easy. Peace.